0: Hello and welcome to CureNose Finsight, the podcast that explores some of the most pressing topics for financial services, insights that help you navigate today and anticipate tomorrow. Hello and welcome to the CureNose Finsights podcast. Today, my guest is Ken Flaherty, who is Senior Market Analyst here at CureNose. Welcome, Ken, to the podcast. Before we dive into talking about home equity, can you tell us a little bit about what your role at CureNose entails?
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, Rutger. Uh I support our real estate and consumer lending division, pr- uh, focusing primarily on the home equity market. Uh, the quick detail on that, as a longtime client of CureNose prior to joining the organization, uh, I've been able to leverage my industry experience and my data expertise, really working alongside uh, our clients to really help understand the market insight and how they're performing to their peers. Glad to have you
0: here. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about the, the the lending landscape and as rates rise, um, recently the Fed increased the Fed funds rates again. Um, with that backdrop and of the mortgage landscape right now, how is home equity fitting in?
1: It's fitting in great. Uh, and I say that because I feel like we've been talking about this uh, for the last several months of, we feel like the writing, uh, writing has been on the wall. For 22 feels like the right year for home equity to make a resurgence. It's great because we're starting to see that come to fruition of that natural gravitation of homeowners now opting for a home equity product. And it feels right because customers are making the right choice of what we feel is if you're going to tap into the equity in your home. Equity is a fantastic product and it has been for years, but it's not only that, it's making the right choice of what's the correct finance vehicle. And we think about the millions and millions of homeowners that uh, took advantage of their recent rate environment uh, or locked into a two or three percent mortgage. You know, rates are certainly aren't there now. They're are preserving that first and now looking towards those alternative products like a home equity product to meet their cash out needs.
0: Yeah. So Kurnos has been saying for months that home equity was likely to make a comeback as rates are rising. So w- what have you seen yet to date? What are what are the numbers?
1: So believe it or not, uh, it, it's really not that hard to make up uh, for some lost volume uh, in from prior months and prior years just because home equity has really taken a backseat Uh, given the the mortgage rate environment uh, over the last two years. Uh, But for Q1 uh, of 22, uh, both volume and unit counts, um, volume is up over 40%, and that's a huge, huge number. We're now seeing home equity default to almost 80% of cash-out transactions are home equity products. And now the mortgage is the product that's taking that back seat, as I mentioned before, of more of that natural gravitation of this just makes sense for me as a homeowner to not touch a first mortgage or not redo that process of mortgage cash out and take more of a junior lien position and tap into a home equity product. So seeing some really really big numbers, and again, that's just for Q1. We're we're really excited to see what happens in the data of the next couple of months.
0: Right. So up forty percent. Applications that that is pretty significant, and that really sort of shows the trend that we've been talking about for a while now. Um, because home equity hasn't been very popular for a long time, right? Like a lot more cash out refi was being done. There is a whole generation of bankers and and homeowners who probably don't know much about it. How's that factoring into to the scene today?
1: So. This is one that's near and dear to my heart. Um I, I got my start in banking starting in a branch and worked for a couple of different branches. So it's I think this is very challenging for bankers because if you think about the natural um attrition in, in branches, there's just a, a ton of uh turnover in the branches. You think about we bankers haven't seen a rising rate environment let alone focused on a home equity product in a number of years. Selling a variable rate product such as a HELOC, I think, is going to continue to prove to be challenging for banks and financial institutions of getting that banker conversation succinct enough where they're identifying the need of the customer instead of just selling rate, which has really been the go-to strategy over the last two years.
0: And, and we, we also see that the demographics are, are almost kind of Non-overlapping, right? People in branches are usually young and ha- don't own a home, and the people that are um, getting into home equity lending are usually further on in their in their life cycle, um, and so that might be a problem as well. Do you see that as as one of the yeah, problems?
1: absolutely. It's it's that that uh, that client that would generally use the branch versus the the kind of that growing segment that you know is getting into the first time home buying it's just it, it feels like a really big disconnect on who's actually leveraging the branches or that sales force that's identifying that need for that customer to answer your other question though as far as the generation uh, of homeowners of that may not have ever used a home equity we're not sure if we've seen the true impact of that yet given the vast majority of homeowners are still in that older age demographic. But I think that's a really big uh, challenge and something that lenders really should start to focus on is that as that shifts of is home equity the top of mind like it was for the previous generations of, hey, if you need a large purchase or you need a finance, you know, don't go for the quickest and easiest. Sometimes that home equity product is the best solution for you. And I do think that we have seen a bit of that shift because you can get a an unsecured loan or buy now, pay later in such a short amount of time appealing to some of the younger age demographics. That may not be the best long-term solution, but it's the easiest. And uh, I, I, I do feel it is a bit of a disconnect there. and might be more of an educational challenge of lenders to to bring homeowners up to speed on what's the best uh, finance vehicles for them based upon their needs.
0: So Ken, a number of lenders stopped selling home equity products when rates were low um, during the, the early stages of the pandemic. Have, have any of them returned to the market?
1: So that's a great question. Uh, and I would actually break up that question in the two segments of... Uh, a population of lenders that stopped selling home equity and a population, which is actually the bigger population of lenders that uh, drastically reduced their credit box. And what I mean by credit box is the group of uh, high-risk or low-risk credit cells that they're willing to lend to, uh, such as high FICO, low FICO, uh, high loan-to-value customers versus low loan-to-value customers, that contracted pretty considerably for a number of lenders to really focus on the more premium set of uh, credit quality customers. And that was the alternative for many lenders of let's not get out of that business altogether. Let's just shrink our credit box. So we're really just focusing on the super prime, uh, low risk customers. So with that, those definitions, starting back on your first one, we have not seen many lenders that exited the business completely come back. And that's, I think, a bit surprising to me. As far as the segment of lenders that closed off their credit box and a group of customers are willing to lend to, we have seen that uh, open back up even further to the extent of where we were in early 2020. And what I mean by that is... Um, you know around 2019 2020 the credit box for most lenders was pretty average not a lot of lenders going high loan to value or super low fico credit box uh we're actually seeing a larger credit box right now versus where we were even pre-pandemic. I wouldn't say to the point of it's going to make me nervous or lose sleep at night, but it does tell me the bit of aggressiveness that more lenders are willing to take and certainly the appetite that more lenders have uh, given some of the strong credit performance customers have had throughout the last two years in the middle of a pandemic.
0: And, and, and when when you say buy box, right? Buy box is basically the criteria within which a lender is willing to originate loans, right? So what credit scores, what CLTV, so combined loan-to-values, what amounts, and, and potentially also sort of what geographies. Is that is that, that correct? That's second?
1: absolutely correct, yep.
0: Now, um, is today's home equity product the same as in past cycles? And, and if not, how, how is it different?
1: Unfortunately, the features and benefits haven't changed, but they're still some of the best in the market. And there's still a a very distinct difference between a home equity line of credit and a home equity loan. For example, the payment flexibility on home equity lines of credit of being able to pay interest only, that is a standard feature and one that most customers, when they think of a HELOC, a home equity line of credit, that allows me the ultimate payment flexibility and uh, allowing me to continue to take draws over a number of years. It is a very, very yeah. old method, um, but it continues to work. But I've always encouraged the industry and my peers to kind of think of, let's think a bit more broadly to more identify and align that with the current spending patterns in the market.
0: Now, given that we're in a rising rate environment, um, that there is a feature that I know has been around for a long time, but maybe, maybe is that coming back in style, which is the, the fixed rate option, right? So the option to actually lock in some of your balance that, is currently variable in a fixed rate. Do you think that that fixed rate option feature is, is going to come back in this rising rate environment?
1: I do. Um, I, I'm not going to say how much do I think it's going to return, but I do think it will return. Virtually every existing and prospect client call that I have on a weekend, week out basis, everybody's asking and talking about fixed rate options on home equity lines of credit. And it makes sense, right? It serves Two purposes. It serves the population that's sitting on a lender's portfolio where a customer gets nervous and they're about to get their next statement and see that the Fed just uh, raised prime another 50 basis points. Well, that's going to have a direct impact. So those customers that are nervous about that rising rate environment. A fixed rate option is a great solution to avoid some of that runoff or attrition of Mr. and Mrs. Customer, we have a great solution if you're nervous to be able to fix your balance and fix that interest rate for you and, and come up with a fully amortizing payment plan for you. That's going to alleviate a lot of nervousness with those customers. The position side of customers that, hey, I really want to tap into the equity in my house. I need to build that new uh, you know, shed or whatever the case is, uh, but I'm nervous. This is a great solution um, to be able to uh, alleviate some of that nervousness on the uh, the variability in that product. But all that said, everyone's talking about it. We have yet to see lenders do it with any sort of volume. And I think that's mainly because uh, fixed rates or fixed rate options are really for a very, very select scenario, very select group of uh, customers. So I think it is more of a proposal on having the option to alleviate customers' concerns, but how many actually execute on it might be a completely different story. No, that, uh, that makes sense.
0: Um, it, is fintech playing
1: a role in home equity today? They are. I, I do feel that digital lenders and fintech uh, lenders are going to create more of a ripple in the industry. And it's really because of one point. It's because of how fast those lenders can get the product into the consumer's hands. I think pricing will be secondary, but if if these lenders can do it in the speed that they're saying, which is under a week's time, that's going to compete more with the unsecured space, and that's going to bring this home equity uh, more top of mind, like we're mentioning before, to maybe some of the younger demographics of, I'm not standing in line for two months to get a home equity line of credit, but if you can get it to me in a week, Uh, I can be patient for a week. We're also seeing
0: some alternative solutions. Uh, The company called Points, right, I think, just announced another funding round. Um, They're they're actually sort of participating in equity that a customer has. It's not necessarily a loan. Do you you see that competing with with the traditional home equity line of credit?
1: You know, to be honest, I'm not sure because uh, that is also a scenario that I think is going to appeal to a market where – I'm concerned about payment flexibility, and also I don't want to wait in line for, you know, a conventional HELOC uh, for, you know, a couple of weeks or or two months or something to that case. Um, You know, this type of product has actually been around around for a while, but I think given the rising rate environment and just the excessive equity that consumers are, are sitting on, given the home price appreciation has created more of a niche market To create a process where it's, hey, we'll take a stake in your home. We're just going to give you cash out. Uh, So there's, you know, a lot more potential upside for, you know, a company like Point or others that are in this space. Um, But I'm not exactly sold on how much of the market it's going to steal from the current uh, home equity industry as we know it today.
0: Now, you you mentioned already when we talked about fintechs, how long the process can take. And so the traditional home equity process has always been lengthy um, and it seems more complicated than it needs to be. Do you think that that is changing anytime soon?
1: I do. And in fact, um, to to uh, make maybe a more of a fair statement uh, uh, to the home equity lenders out there, we have seen dramatic improvements uh, just since the beginning of this year. I mean, believe it or not, the, the average uh, cycle time, which is the time the application gets entered to the time the loan is booked and funds are given to the customer, it hit a peak of almost 80 days back in January of this year you know i'm I'm a pretty patient person, but that would get me pretty impatient uh fairly quickly. We've actually seen that come down about twenty five days uh since the beginning of the year. That's a huge huge improvement, but what's more encouraging to that is more perhaps a sign of lenders have this under control because of operational efficiency. We're seeing volume go up as I mentioned earlier, forty percent increase can wreak havoc on pipelines. But as we're seeing that, we're also seeing volume, uh, turn times and cycle times come down, which is the the right scenario, which is exactly what you want to see. You don't want to see the inverse. So I'm confident that uh, that the industry will continue to see that. But holding my breath for perhaps that might plateau because we might get to a point where that's as low as current processes will allow. Given the huge growth in home equity, um, but certainly hopeful we'll get closer to that one month, thirty day number.
0: Do do banks track the use of home equity loans for 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 borrowers, and and if not, should they?
1: Great two parter question there. Um, uh, I have a little bit of uh, experience here, and I think the for your first question, the answer is not really, uh, which is lenders really don't track the HELOC usage, which is I think really challenging for lenders. That's mostly because uh, we did a survey actually uh, with the Consumer Bankers Association, which we polled. Uh, I think it was close to 25 banks that responded. And I mean, I think it was like 90% had a response that no, they don't track. And that that aligns pretty similar to my background and banking experience. It's very difficult to track mostly because the go-to product, the go-to solution to for you to tap into your existing line of credit is a paper check. And it's really difficult to create a digital space to create data and analytics of where is that customer using that check versus if you uh, originated it or, or, uh, or took those funds digitally, transferred them, uh, used uh, like a credit card attached to your home equity line of credit, it's very easy to track. So kind of that two-parter question there, I don't think many lenders are tracking it um, because of some of those shortfalls and the usage opportunities, but I definitely think that they should. So I I definitely think as this pendulum shifts, it's a prime opportunity for lenders to understand where their clients using the HELOC funds to better gear some of the marketing efforts and get in front of them of, you know, you should use it for this, or did you know you can use your home equity line of credit? Uh, for these types of purposes. So what else do
0: you think lenders can do to modernize this product and, and make it more efficient?
1: Well, this maybe stay on that same track and kind of the paper checks. That to me is the biggest standout. Like if you want clients to use it, don't make it hard to, to use it. Make it easy and make it to the point where it's so easy Uh, Why wouldn't I do this? If you compared figure to your own bank where you probably have some loyalty, five days versus an average of 60 days, I don't know how far my loyalty is going to go there. Um, It's just so easy through uh, a process that a fintech has. Compare that to the usage availability and the usage types. If I have an opportunity just to uh, transfer the funds uh, online, use a HELOC credit card and just swipe it and it's done, it's on my credit card, super easy versus the majority of lenders only offer a check. Um, And by the way, if you write that check for more than a certain amount, you may not be able to use your phone to deposit that check. You might actually uh, have to drive somewhere and deposit that check somewhere, which In the grand scheme of things really isn't difficult, but um, we live in a society where uh, we're impatient and driving somewhere to do something seems very inconvenient, even to myself included in that mix. So I think that's the biggest opportunity for modernization for uh, financial institutions is make it easy and make it almost a no-brainer for customers to think about it. If I have a need, this is how I can get it the easiest and the quickest.
0: Yeah, one one thing that I can tell from my personal experience, and I won't mention who who my home equity line of credit is with, uh, the challenge that I have is that within my online banking, uh, or my mobile app, I am not even able to move funds, I'm able to move funds from my checking to my savings and from my savings to my checking. But I actually need to write myself that paper check to actually move money from my home equity line of credit to my checking account, um, which can be quite quite cumbersome when you're trying to pay a contractor or someone that's just delivering windows or countertops. So in that sense, that is certainly something where there could be some improvements made. Now, finally, we're asking each guest, what is a term or acronym or a lingo that you would like to retire completely that is overused or misused?
1: Well, maybe think back on our question on our uh, our topic earlier on just the product itself. We call it a HELOC. Uh, I know a a few institutions call it a PCL, personal credit line or personal line of credit. Um, I think to perhaps help with that modernization is get out of that. HELOC terminology or PCL terminology. Oh, admittedly, not the most creative person in the world, didn't take a role in marketing, but perhaps of a modernization of what can we call this so it resonates with more homeowners, resonates with more consumers of if you need to tap into it, tapping into my HELOC might seem a little outdated or kind of unknown if you don't know what a HELOC is or a PCL, Uh, So perhaps a a way for banks to help modernize that to appeal to a larger audience and know exactly what the product is and the power in which it can uh, grant them within an instant.
0: Yeah, that that certainly uh, could use an overhaul, the word HELOC. It is very... Uh, bank-centric. So maybe renovate now, pay later. Maybe uh, that could be something like that it. they could uh, that they could use. Um, again, I'm also not in marketing, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll let the marketers think about what a better term is. But obviously, your point, point is well taken to make it more customer-centric. So thank you, Ken, for joining us today. And as always, we have a Finsight fact that the 2022 home equity volume is on track to do about $80 billion. Last time the industry saw $80 billion in volume was in 2019, which is when prime rate averaged 5% in a decreasing rate environment. I'm Rutger van Vassen, and this has been the Cure Finsights podcast, helping you navigate today and anticipate tomorrow. As always, thank you to our Cure Finsights team. Robin Seidel is our Director of Thought Leadership, editing and production by our senior designer, Adrian Cohen. Project management by our marketing communications manager, Megan Brissette. Music is by Vision Studios. I'm your host, Redker van Fassen. You can find more insights at kurnos.com. Please subscribe and review wherever you listen to podcasts.